0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked on Dolphins. Today on the show, we are looking at front seven defenders scheduled to be free agents who might make sense for the Dolphins to add for the 2023 season. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked on Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked on Network. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today on the show, we're exploring front seven defenders, so defensive linemen and linebackers who may find themselves to be fits for the Dolphins for the 2023 season, specifically through the lens of... Uh, financial commitments and responsible signings and schematic changes. Lots to look into here with this position group. So, I want to get us started. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. Uh, if you're not familiar with me, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, the co founder of the draftnetwork.com, we find out tonight. About Zach, whether Zach Thomas will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, We've had a couple close calls. Maybe this year's the year. We're going to find out tonight uh, when the Hall of Fame class of 2023 is inducted. If Zach does indeed get in, you can bet your bottom dollar we're going to Canton. And we'll be celebrating Zach Thomas tomorrow on the show if that materializes into the opportunity that Dolphins fans know Zach has been more than deserving of for the last several seasons. But today, fittingly enough, we're talking about linebackers and defensive linemen, uh, the Dolphins' front seven in general, and free agents that may make sense for the Dolphins as they look to adjust and tweak their personnel. When I think about the defensive line, or at least the defensive end group, uh, you could do the entire defensive line group. You got bodies. You got talent. Now, not all of it might stay from an economic standpoint. You can talk about names like Emmanuel Lajpa, Talk about potentially re-signing Melvin Ingram and or Intervengingle. There are some decisions that have to be made, but you have Bradley Chubb, you have Jalen Phillips, you have Christian Wilkins, you have Zach Seeler. I do think Raekwon Davis is a potential potential upgradable player, um, but he, at his best as a nose, has been an effective, adequate starter at the NFL level. The Dolphins will have options, and I would imagine that the defensive front is going to be a marginal area of need. That You'll you you'd sign peripheral players, but not signing any significant starters other than potentially a nose tackle if the Dolphins choose to pursue an upgrade over Raekwon Davis. So as you look at the defensive front and you see names like Deron Payne and Jerron Reed and Greg Gaines and Javon Hargrave, and David Ayamada, and Larry Agonjobi, like and Puna Ford. These are players who would be quality additions to any defensive line in the NFL. But their addition to the Dolphins front is going to be dependent upon how big of a role the team envisions that a new addition would take, and financially speaking. I think about a guy like Puna Ford. Puna Ford would be a wonderful addition to the Dolphins' defensive front as a true nose tackle, a gap defender type. And you will see odd and even fronts in a Vic Fangio defense. So this is not, oh, well, we're going to run a 3-4 versus a 4-3, and therefore it's it's very secondary in the way that the NFL works now. It's less about 3-4 versus 4-3 versus certain roles within your defense. And every defense in the NFL has a role for a stout A-gap defender. The difference between Puna Ford, who's like 6'1", and Raquan Davis, who's like 6'6", is leverage. The challenge is Puna Ford's already coming off a contract. He played 55% of the snaps for the Seahawks last year, and his annual average salary was over $6 million. I have a hard time envisioning the Dolphins spending that kind of money unless it's a player that they think is going to take a lot of snaps. Well, there's only two players in free agency uh, on the defensive line in any capacity who took more than 70% of their team snaps, and it was De'Ron Payne and Lorenzo Carter. Lorenzo Carter's not a fit for the Dolphins defense, and De'Ron Payne is probably going to be a 15 $16, 17000000 million dollar per year player. They ain't signing him. They ain't signing him. It's just the way it is. Greg Gaines, 67%. I think he'd be a nice add, but he's kind of redundant with Wilkins and Sealer. So, you know, just pay Sealer if you're you're gonna spend money in that position room. Uh, Javon Hargrave, uh, I think, would be a fascinating addition. Sixty four percent of the snaps. He's thirty years old, but his financials, his average salary on his, this last deal was thirteen million dollars per. I believe it was a three year, thirty nine million dollar contract with two years of of fully guaranteed money. I don't think the Dolphins have that kind of spending stratosphere at their disposal. And Hargrave was one of four players on the Eagles front this year to have 10-plus sacks. He ain't coming cheap. So you get the guys like Puna Ford, who is half the cost of Javon Hargrave for 15 to 20% less snaps and a significantly smaller imprint on passing downs. But that's still top of market for a nose tackle, generally speaking. Now, there's no shortage of uh, additional options. Dalvin Tomlinson, but that's a $10.5 million contract. Dean Lowry, more of a complementary supplemental player. Andrew Billings with the Raiders, that's a a cheaper player. I don't know how much of an upgrade he is. He probably fits more into the Adam Butler-type role as far as where his strengths and weaknesses are as an athlete. Colin Saunders with the Chiefs. He's coming off the last year of his rookie deal. Potentially looking for a couple million dollars per contract. That's a player I would put a star next to. Nathan Shepard with the Jets. 30 years old, 36% of the snaps. He got paid on average just short of $1.1 million. A stout player. Has some penetration ability. Has some leverage ability. I would stay away from former first-round pick guys like Jerry Tillery, who's with the Raiders now. He flopped big time with the Chargers. Um, I don't think he's a a particularly attractive fit. Here's a name for you. One that Dolphins fans will recognize. I got the the free agent list down here off to my left-hand side. Uh, Jordan Phillips, some penetration ability, size, mass, disruptive nature. It'd be a name that I would at least entertain especially if you got him economically speaking. He, he's been a impactful player in spurts for the Bills over the last couple of seasons, and he certainly brought his best against the Dolphins because he, he, there was an axe to grind there, <laughs> and you, you could tell. Uh, the, another high player, highly picked player that, that has kind of flopped uh, that I would stay away from, Tristan Hill uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, formerly the Dallas Cowboys. I would kick the tires on Jonathan Hankins, who's a scheduled free agent who's traded at the trade deadline to the Cowboys from the Raiders. Uh, 31 years old, 1.3 million dollar uh, price tag for him on his previous deal. That's somebody who I would have some interest in, if I'm being completely honest. As again, you're going to need a gap defenders, and I think that's the area of improvement for the Dolphins because I like their options at three tag between Wilkins and Sealer. I like their outside rush guys and their base or and their even front looks with Phillips. And, and with Bradley Chubb, you have Emmanuel Agba who can do a little bit of either B-gap defending or as a C-gap defender on the strong side of the front with a, a more twitchy pass rush player outside of him. So you got some options. Um, but I, I think if I were going to put a star on the defensive front aside of figuring out from a personnel standpoint who you want to bring back, it's largely for me about who is the other A-gap player that you have on your roster. And John Jenkins has has been a nice player for the Dolphins, but that is an upgradable spot. There's no question. And I would like to have somebody who can actually push Raekwon Davis. That would be how I look at the defensive front. Before we go any further, we're going to talk about linebackers. And, oh, boy, oh, boy, is that going to be a long, exhaustive conversation because I think there's a lot of work to do in that room. We do have to talk about our friends over at LinkedIn, one of our sponsors – For Today's show as a small business owner, hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. With LinkedIn jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values and experiences to help achieve your goals. LinkedIn jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. And you can identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect with them fast and for free. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find those qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That is LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. linebacker time. So the linebacker group for the Dolphins, I think when you consider who the Dolphins have, they have three expiring contracts at linebacker. They have Elena Roberts, Duke Riley, and Sam McLaughlin. Roberts played 60% of the snaps, Riley played 33% of the snaps, and McLaughlin played 3% of the snaps and was a primary special teams player. I don't think there's anything preventing you from bringing any of these three guys back. But I will say, the biggest asset that Elan and Roberts had in bringing to this defense was familiarity to the defense. So, with the change schematically from Josh Boyer to Vic Fangio, the thing that Elan and Roberts had going most for him, I think, is no longer a factor. With that said, if you want to bring him on on a special teams deal and let him be a depth player and a a skill-specific, short-yardage situation, goal-line linebacker, hey, I'm all on board. You just know what you're spending, right? And and the general rule of thumb is you don't want to pay for depth. If you're going to invest significant dollars to players, your significant dollars to players should be invested in players who are going to play as many snaps as possible. So $3 million here and $4 million there and $2.5 million here. It all adds up. And it's like, well, okay, I got a guy who's going to play 10% of the snaps defensively or offensively for me and 50% of the snaps on special teams where I could just go out and draft a special team skill specific type player early on day three, who's going to play all my special teams and it's going to cost me uh, 90% less. When you wait out like that, it, it kind of makes it easy, doesn't it? So. There's two conversations to be had. There's a special teams conversation, and then there's a defensive conversation. When I think about the Dolphins linebackers that are under contract, and we're primarily looking at Jerome Baker and Channing Tyndall. They're both guys they can run. They're both guys who can hit. They both can play in space. I think Baker has evolved his game a little bit to be more of a box defender, where I don't think that's naturally where he was coming out of Ohio State when he first got to the Dolphins. He's done a really nice job evolving himself as a player. I think the thing with Jerome is in spite of the high snap share that he's had, the number of splash plays hasn't been there. And some of that I'm sure is because of the role he's asked to fill. Versus if you had more box type players and could put him in more of a defensive weapon role. So you can make Jerome Baker better. By getting better stack linebackers and allowing Jerome Baker to not just have to be a stack linebacker and an inside linebacker. As far as Channing Tindall goes, he's the ultimate wild card. We don't know what he is. We saw what he was at Georgia when he was a demon on third downs in their rotational linebacker room that had three linebackers drafted in the top 100, or in the top three rounds, I should say. I think Channing just missed. But you had Quay Walker went in the first round, N'Kobe Dean went in the third round, and and Channing Tindall went in the third round. They were all in the same linebacker room, and there were two spots. They generally played a nickel. So they would just rotate in and out. Channing played like 500 snaps defensively. Very green player, very incredibly gifted athletic player, very violent striker, but you don't know what he is. And this is my challenge for the Dolphins. Don't fall into the same trap with Channing Tindall that you did with Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson last year. The assumption was those guys are guys that we invested in and believe in, and they'll figure it out. Well, they didn't. They didn't play any particularly better when they were on the field this year than they did last year. Liam had some spurts, but the, the low water level reps for him were still very prevalent and uh, were hard to ignore. So for Channing... Let's try to find a veteran player that you have a little bit better of an idea of who he is. At least one. At least one. I'm not saying you got to spend $10 to $12 million on a linebacker, right? Like Levante David's a free agent. He's 33 years old. That's a hard sell. Because that's a lot of money for a 33-year-old linebacker who might only give you a couple years. I'm interested in Quincy Williams from the New York Jets, 27 years old. Middle-round pick. He's played a lot of snaps for them. An explosive, rangy guy, big hitter, plays with an attitude. I like that. Quick in pursuit. If the Jets let him hit free agency, that would be a player I would negotiate with in hopes of coming in to be a stack space linebacker in this Dolphins defense. T.J. Edwards with the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, you think about T.J. Edwards in Philadelphia and Vic Fangio being a consultant in Philadelphia, there's a correlation there. It's not an accident. And T.J. Edwards had his best career by best year of his career by far in Philadelphia with Vic Fangio this year. That's a player I would negotiate with to come be a stack linebacker for the Miami Dolphins. Bobby Okereke, the Indianapolis Colts. Long, explosive, rangy. Run his annual average salary, just finished his rookie contract, was $900,000 per season. That's a player that I would be interested in paying significant money to. All three of those players played at least 85% of their snaps defensively for their respective teams this year. They're three-down linebackers. They're not, oh, well, we're going to pay Elan in $3 million and he's going to play 55% of the snaps. Nope. These are true, legitimate three-down linebackers. They exist. They are out there, believe it or not and not players that you have to pay $12 million for. It's a position, and this is is one thing I have observed with the Dolphins and their needs this offseason that I think is super fascinating. The Dolphins' needs this year are in direct conflict with the most premier positions in the NFL, with the exception of backup quarterback. Running back is a devalued position in the NFL. It's not a premier position in the NFL either. Tight end. Tight end is a devalued position in the NFL in spite of the fact that it is the best mismatch weapon an offense can have right now. NFL does not value it and it's a need for the Dolphins. Guard, inside, left guard. You can acknowledge right tackle if you'd want to, but it depends are you going to bring back Brandon Shell or not. I would say at the very least guard, starting left guard is a primary need for the Dolphins. Guard is not a premier position in the NFL. Stack linebackers are not a premier position in the NFL. It's a primary need for the Dolphins. Safety. You know, you need that third safety. Like linebacker, it's a very valuable position to have a quality player in. They are not paid well by the NFL. So that's the thing the Dolphins have going best for them as it pertains to the majority of their primary needs. I didn't even mention Cody Barton, who plays with the Seattle Seahawks. They do a lot of coverage stuff with their linebackers. I would expect Tremaine Edmonds and Jermaine Pratt, both players who are scheduled to be free agents, I expect they'll both get the bag. Uh, Especially Tremaine Edmonds, former first-round pick. He's still only 25 years old. And Leslie Frazier and the Bills ask him to do a lot of things that most linebackers can't do. So there's times where Tremaine Edmonds on tape doesn't look great, but it's because he's given a really ambitious ask. And he can physically do it. It's a really rare skill set. He'd be an excellent addition to any team. The question is whether or not the Dolphins have the money to pony up to pay Tremaine Edmonds. I don't think that they're going to be in that stratosphere because that's probably uh Roquan Smith just got 20 million per season. I would be surprised if Tremaine Edmonds got less than 15 and if Jermaine Pratt got less than 12. So that puts you in that Levante David stratosphere and up. I don't think those guys, as young guys, um, Pratt's 27, Edmonds is 25. I think they'll get big deals. David Long with the Titans is an interesting player. Another former day three draft selection uh, has turned into a nice player for the Titans. Uh, he played in a 3-3-5 stack. I know we talked about 3-3-5 stacks when we talked about Dion Henley, the kid from Washington State who was down the Senior Bowl and had a great week. And kind of the tough projection that those players have. David Long has lived that life, and he has successfully made the transition to an NFL linebacker. But he, like Dion Henley, is slightly undersized. Uh, but he's quick to flood gaps. He's quick to work across face of offensive linemen. He's a good tackle. He's got some passing down skill set as well. That's a player I'd be interested in signing as well. So, I mean, th- this is the most robust group out of any of the position areas of need that we that the Dolphins have covered and we have talked about this week on the show. This is the most robust group for me by far, and that's a great place to be. We have a couple more names to talk about. But before we do, very excited to talk to you about our new sports betting partner because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download FanDuel now and bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 in bonus bets if your first bet does not hit. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who's going to score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, super easy to use, and you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So a couple more linebackers here to, to work our way through. And believe it or not, yeah, we, we have some. We have some names. Now, we're kind of out of the 60% of players plus. David Long played 63%. Pratt played 70%. Edmonds played 72%. Barton played 77%. O'Karaki played 85%. TJ Edwards played 94%. I didn't mention Drew Tranquil with the Chargers, who was a former safety from Notre Dame, had some injury issues, slipped in the draft because of it. But when he's healthy, he's an excellent player. An excellent player another financially reasonable player to align for. I'm sure Dolphins fans are rolling their eyes at another player with some durability concerns from his past and not wanting to add that player. I get it. But you're now down into the stratosphere of linebackers who were more snap-specific. Some of these are guys who have had injury issues. Some of these guys are guys who were bottlenecked uh, because of players in front of them. One name that I would like to shout out here um, ission Sion Taki of the Cleveland Browns, former BYU Cougar. He's got some size. He can move pretty well. Uh, he's not a great coverage defender, but I certainly think he's got more. I think he can give you enough of what Elena Roberts can get, what Elaina Roberts gives you, while being a little bit more fluid in space. That I think that that's a player who. I'd be intrigued in to transition a fresh player with a fresh skill set who's not quite as limited into the role that Roberts has filled for the Dolphins' defense in the past. I'm going to mention Duke Riley because I'd still love to have him back as well. Chris Barnes is an interesting one. Chris Barnes with the Packers. Now, he's a restricted free agent. So uh, the Packers will have the first right to slap something on him. And retain his skill set. And I can't guarantee that that they won't do that. But if he hits the market, I think this is a player who can be much more than what he's been for the Packers. He's kind of been bottlenecked behind some linebackers. They drafted Quay Walker in the first round. But Barnes, I don't know. He's just a player. Anytime I watch Green Bay and I study their defense, and they were in my pro scouting region for draft network, I had a really hard time not getting optimistic about Chris Barnes being a better player in a bigger role. And he's only 25 years old. So he's a young player. That would be a gold star for a young player who I think could really step in and blossom in this defense. But he's got to hit the market first, and that's up to the Packers. I acknowledge Troy Reeder, a primarily special teams player for the Chargers. Uh, salary last year was about a million dollars. He's from my neck of the woods in Delaware. Um, played at Silesium High School, I believe played at University of Delaware. 6% of the defensive snaps. This is a quintessential special teams type player. So if you're not going to play, if you're not going to play Sam Eguivan, who was 500000 dollars more on his contract last year. Uh, Troy Reader's a name that, that I would put a star next to and say, yeah, you know, that that might be a player who makes some sense. Another special teams player, another restricted free agent, uh, interested to see if he hits the market or not. Uh, but Andrew Dow, I know Andrew well. He did a uh, externship program with Draft Network last year uh, in the wintertime when he was uh, still a member of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, so got to watch plenty of tape with Andrew. Uh, I would stand on his football IQ. He's a big time special teams guy, he's a high character guy. Um, if the Saints let him hit the open market, he's a 27-year-old linebacker at 750k salary. Would love to see him come to Miami just because there I I've got a personal connection with Andrew, and I know he's a great dude, and he'd be a great addition to the locker room. That's about it for linebackers now. I gave you about 10 to 12 names, some of which are the special teams guys, the last three or so, but like there's eight three down caliber linebackers that I think should be in that you pay them starter money, but you're not paying them upper 15, uh, top 15 money at the linebacker position in the NFL. That's the sweet spot for me because you've already got Jerome Baker as a big salary cap hit. You got to sign a starter. You got to pay him starter money, but you can't pay him starter money with the expectation he's going to make a lot of game changing plays because you already have one linebacker in Jerome who the way that he has had to play the position to this point has not put him in position to make a ton of game-changing plays unless he's blitzing on third downs. And he's a big salary cap hit. So you don't want to have too many of those players. Big money players who don't make big-time plays. And that's not to say Jerome Baker is not a player who's capable of making big-time plays. I think in a perfect world, he's playing a little different role for the Dolphins defense that would do more of the things that he does best and that I think would lead to a direct correlation of more big time plays I'm hoping this defense can be part of the key but the Dolphins have to get other complimentary players to stick into the lineup to free that up to allow that to happen we got DBs tomorrow on the show and a reaction to whatever happens with Zach Thomas tonight Zach we salute you here on the show Appreciate all of you checking out the podcast as well. Thanks for watching. You, know, you can listen to Locked On Dolphins anywhere you find your favorite podcast and on YouTube if you are a watcher. So hope to see or hear from all of you again tomorrow as we cover DBs on the show. Kyle fins up, keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins.